Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. How are you, Steve? I'm all right. I've just noticed my microphone is extremely low. <laughs> well, why don't you lift it up? Because it will make a horrible noise. So you're just going to crouch for I the entire I think I'm going to be Peter Crouch, yeah. All right, Crouching fine. and you'll see. And you're doing the robot. I am, yeah. And changing your mobile phone contract. He's done quite well, hasn't he, Peter Crouch? Yeah, he's obviously got his head screwed on, hasn't yeah, he? he has, Have yeah. you listened to his podcast? Uh, I've listened to his... I've read a bit of his book. I've not listened to his podcast. I've seen many interviews with him. I think I've got the sense of... The sense of Peter Crouch, yeah. he's, he's reinvented himself as the, you know, footballer who doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, I, uh, I c- can you smell it? No. Can you, not, can you not smell it? What do you think might be exciting me? Is it Brexit? The smell of Brexit <laughs> in the air? No, that's, a, that's kind of something that you smell and then wretch. Yeah, it? go on, what is it? Spring. Spring, do you just think it's little, almost, it's not oh, yet sprung? But just a little, just a little whiff. Well, hang on a minute, we had a hailstorm the other day, waited, but that's and then a, we had snow. But that's Britain, and isn't it? And then the poor people of Mithamroyd and Hebden Bridge My, and Mithamroyd, excuse me. Is it Mithamroyd? It is, I'm yeah. sorry to people and of Mithamroyd. One of my favourite named um, villages on the Pennines is Upper Thong. Upper Thong, there's also <laughs> Nether Thong, isn't yes, there, there, which is a bit more sexy. <laughs> Yeah, Slathwaite is the best, well, isn't it, near well, Huddersfield? Slowit. Oh, Slowit, as it is. As, uh, as the locals call it. Yes, very nice. Lovely, actually, lovely place. And what's the one with the, the slightly rude name? Um, Penniston. Where is Do- well, Penniston. Where is Doctor Who, Jodie um, Oh, you from? Shat. She's from, Sh- what's it? Uh, Skelmanthorpe. Skelmanthorpe. Known, known locally as Shat. Known locally as Shat. Uh, yeah. Slowit, it's, it's, it's lovely. Slowit, they have the moon raking festival in Slowit every year. Yes, and do you know how that came about? Uh, no, is it something to do with Roger Moore? So, no, uh, many moons ago. Um, Doctor, what some, was she called? Doctor Holly Goodbody or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Wasn't it good? Uh, oh, Mary Goodnight was in the, 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 one of them. That was what my she called? She was it, Lois Childs. She was very beautiful, in yeah, it, wasn't she? Yeah, in a in a in a jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the local ne'er do wells of Slowit. Uh, were um, smuggling booze in um, uh, barrels. Yes, barrels. And I think someone had dropped them off a canal boat or something and left them bobbing in the canal. Right. And they went down to get the barrels out of the canal. Yeah. And the old long arm of the law 
Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. What do we have here then? And they said, oh, we're raking the reflection of the moon. Beautiful. Yeah. That's it. Ah. Yeah. So that is. How that did that is, go down? Uh, I think they got away with it. Got hanged. <laughs> Yes. All, all hanged. I literally bought a house in Slough next to, next to a pub called The Silent Woman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, yeah. great little town. Yeah, There's lots much, of great yeah. little towns on the Pennines. Go and visit them all. Um, but, um, okay. But anyway. Well, that was Brexit wrapped up. That's that. So we, we will get to the news, of course, because I know a lot of you guys come here for the news. Yes. Um, so you will have only had one news update since Brexit. That's right, yeah. Um, good for you. Not we're going to talk about happened. the Brexiteers of the week. Brexiteers Familiar people. name at number one, I will say. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's probably giving it giving it away, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, so, what about Michael Gove? Well, Project Fear is... is I, th- I think we're going to have to start doing Project Fear Corner, aren't we? Every we need week. a jingle. Don't put Project Fear in a corner. If any, no one puts no Project one put Fear, Fear in, in a corner. corner yeah. <laughs> if anyone can make a, us a jingle and send it to us um, over the internet, that would be... That would be marvellous, but Project Fear Corner, I think, is something that we are going to be talking about because let's just run over the, some of the things that, that have happened. The, the, the US have said that we are... You know when Obama said, if you do Brexit, you'll go, back to, the, you'll go to the back of the queue for a trade deal? Yeah. The, one of Trump's, one of Trump's uh, trade envoys has said, we are actually at the back of the queue, the EU are in front of us, uh, and that is because... Despite the Daily Express saying uh, a few weeks ago that a US-UK trade deal was done, that was an exclusive on their front page, uh, it turns out it's not been done whatsoever. Uh, and, uh, and this guy has said, uh, of course, the, the EU put a framework uh, over in uh, 2018. Mm. Uh, we haven't put any sort of framework over, uh, and therefore uh, we are behind them. It's a guy called Larry Kudlow, who's a Trump economic advisor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said the two countries are in the preliminary stages of preliminary talks. Uh, there's no structure to uh, the UK trade deal yet, whereas uh, they're working on something that Juncker and, and Trump uh, cooked up in July of 2018 with the EU. So we are at the back of the queue. Back of the queue. Norton Motorcycles, they said that no British business would be affected. Mm-hmm. Norton Motorcycles has gone under there. Uh, their CEO was a Brexiteer, Stuart Garner. He said, mm. we'll, we will thrive outside the EU. Uh, he said this in September 2018. Yeah. We're a strong-willed nation. We'll make it succeed. That's all you need. Yeah. Strong will. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so Norton have gone under. Um, and then we get this extraordinary news from Michael Gove, um, who has given businesses the... Well, he, he's, he's sort of read the riot act to them, hasn't he? After saying that there would be no significant changes and there would be no border checks, um, what's he saying now? I don't underestimate the fact this is a significant change. Yes, with inevitable border checks. Inevitable. For almost everybody. There will be some friction. There will be some friction. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a bit of friction. <laughs> um, but possibly in your personal life, rather than, <laughs> than right. in your, in your, your training. I'm entirely sure we need that explaining, Steve. Um... Well, I mean, Gove so so I've seen I've seen people who import and export, um, sorry, who export fruit and veg, saying this is a disaster for us. Yeah, I've seen people who export salmon, Scottish uh, uh, salmon farmers, saying mm-hmm. this is a disaster for us. Our stuff is going to be waiting uh, for ages. Gove has said, don't worry. We're going to have a system where this will just go, you know, it, it'll pass without checks, it'll be a, a, a regulated 
um, you know, a, a mechanical border, uh, border system. Yeah. You won't have to worry about it. However, uh, that won't be ready for five years, and really you lot should have all been making preparations before now. Um, it's, it is quite incredible. Go, let's talk about Michael Gove more widely. A smart border, sorry. Smart border. A smart border. It's a bit like a smart meter. Yes, yes. Or a smart... A smartphone. Smartphone. Yes. Smart, smart car. Smart car. Yeah. Smart. It also stands for something that managers do, doesn't it? Yes, smart. it does, yeah. Um, Michael Gove is an interesting character, though. Billy Smart. Way. I invented the Smart Circus. Do you remember Billy Smart Circus? No, I don't think I do. It was a televised circus in the days that circuses were televised. I think people, that might have been before my time. When people really hadn't seen animals before, you know. Dancing. Well, especially dancing. Dancing yeah. bears. Dancing being, yes. <laughs> Elephants being, standing on, you know, big balls and stuff like that. Former acquaintance of mine was a teacher at a posh school in London. Oh, took, yeah. Took a load of kids to Russia. Oh, yeah. And I think they were... For the Moscow State Circus. Very yeah, good, yes. Yeah, well, no, I don't think it was the Moscow State Circus. We went to a circus, all these posh kids... Would have been only, I don't know, ten years ago perhaps this. Um, and they were all drama students. I think they were going to see the ballet or something. Yeah, yeah. And they went along to the circus and it was like brutal. You know, the bears oh, were really? being whipped and all these kids just sat there weeping. Oh dear, no. <laughs> it probably wasn't the Moscow State Circus. No. And that, that came to Manchester a few <coughs> times and was, uh, it was n- notable for tumblers rather than animal cruelty. Oh, well, I like a tumbler. Yeah, who yeah, doesn't? Yeah, I've done a few tumbles. Who doesn't? Uh, but Gove is an interesting character at the moment because I think a few of us sort of raised our eyebrows, didn't we, when he, when he got the Duchy of Lancaster? Yes. Um, but very quickly it became clear that um, he's been described to me as as the CEO to Boris as chairman. Yes, that's um, right. And it does seem like, um, I mean, we, we, we should probably say, and we'll, we're going to come to this, but we are recording this pre We are pre-shuffle. Pre-shuffle. Pre-shuffle, um, pre-shuffle very good. But we are probably expecting not a... Not on a Outrageous, you know, not a, a, a night of the long knives style. No, um, we are expecting a f- couple of remainers to be let back into the, the pen, aren't we? Yeah, uh, and a couple of Brexiteers to to exiteer. But there is some talk of of Gove taking on some constitutional um, reform rules as well, and it seems to me like Gove is, uh, is is pulling a lot of strings, sort of quietly behind the scenes, and letting Boris take. Take any you know, Boris and Dom take yes. the, take flack, and he's sort of yes. doing this stuff behind the scenes. But it's interesting that a lot of the stuff that we've just been talking about there didn't get nearly as much traction as just journalists talking about Dominic Cummings. No, that's right. Um, well, I mean, what, what should, we, should we talk about? Let's well, seg into Cummings. Well, we can seg into Cummings. I'll tell you what we should talk about with Gove because I know we're not really going to talk about the deportations thing this week, um, which was a classic sort of. Dominic Cummings. It was the sort of thing that Mrs. Thatcher might have done, wasn't it? It was. I guess so. Yeah. It was a, a sort of a show of a, a meaningless show of strength, which nevertheless affected a couple of people. But I think that, quite rightly, people are saying, you know, take the example of the guy who was deported to Jamaica last year, who who had committed, I think he'd committed one crime in his life, hadn't he? He'd, he'd, he'd grown up in Britain, he'd been in Britain for 25 years, his kids were British. Uh, in his youth, he had served a prison sentence. He'd only ever committed one offence. He'd served a prison sentence for dangerous driving. Right. Uh, and then last year he was deported to Jamaica, where he arrived with no money, nothing to 
you know, no, no backup, he didn't know anybody. And I think people are right with saying when people like Michael Gove have confessed to substantial mm. cocaine use over a sustained <coughs> period of time, you know, mm. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, has been very coy about um, uh, taking Class A drugs, but he's not, he's never denied it. No. Uh, He's on, he's on record conspiring with somebody to have a yes. journalist beaten up. Yeah. Uh, it really is quite rich. And Boris Johnson, of course, not born in this country, uh, born in New York. Um, it really is quite amazing that these people who committed one offence... I mean, there, you know, there are different types who, of criminals. People who, exactly. People who have committed murder mm. and rape they presumably deserve to be... Um, Deported. Yeah. Although it might have been a better idea if we told them that they were going to be deported at the time that they served their sentences. Yeah. Um, however, you know. So well, anyway, I let's, agree. let's move on. Should we move on to Dominic Cummings? Yeah, tell me about Dom. He's on the front of the New European this week, I believe. He is on the front of the New European. There's pieces by Liz Gerrard and James Ball. Uh, very worth reading. Um, James's uh, contention um, is that Dominic Cummings may end up doing himself in. Uh, we know that there have been uh, clashes between Dominic Cummings and uh, Carrie Simons, who is Boris Johnson's partner, of, of whom we will talk about more later. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it does seem that the pack is sort of circling Dominic Cummings somewhat, um, you know, he's he's a, an intimidating figure, isn't he? He's got a uh, an adoring bunch of spads who turn up to these um, grandiose briefings that he holds. Mm. I think last week he told them that he would only see half of them next week, uh, which hasn't gone down well with Ooh, some of them. There'll be some worries there, some um, sleepless nights. He gives the impression of being in complete control, but mm. has but. As has been pointed out, I mean, we used to talk about him as being a sort of wily coyote style figure, yeah, didn't yeah, we? we? Did, yeah. And um, and and it, you know, and it turns out that when you look back on his actual record, yeah. I mean, he, he should we do that? He says things, doesn't he? He says that things will happen, uh, and then they fail to happen. And um, let's just—I mean, let's go through a few. He, he yes. said that the Ben Act wouldn't happen, and then that—that—that that, that did happen. Did, did he, happen sa yeah. he said he would be able to prorogue Parliament. That was his idea. That, was, yeah. that didn't happen. Didn't happen. No, no. Um, he said that we were going to leave with no deal. That didn't happen. Mm. He said HS2 wasn't going to happen. Mm. It is it's happening. happening yeah. um, he well. said, <laughs> you know, he said that he was going to take control of spending inside Number Ten, yeah. and he was going to build this um, sort of. You know, shadow civil service of mavericks. That isn't going to happen. But he's been trying to get Liz Truss sacked. That isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, but what he has done is uh, is when he was asked about HS2, he yeah. was doorstepped, wasn't he? he was yeah, yeah, by the yeah. BBC. He was yeah. doorstepped by the BBC. Yeah. They asked him why HS2 was going ahead when he said it wasn't going to go ahead. Uh, to which he replied, "The night time is the right time to fight crime." We need PJ Masks on the job. Now, mm. what do you know about... You're the father of small children. What do you know about <clears throat> well, PJ Masks? Well, I have um, three children in ages ranging from 12 to 4. Yes. Um, I am mildly aware of PJ Masks. I think they're a crime-fighting trio yes. who put their pyjamas on. Ah, that's the PJs, that's the PJ, it? Um, I thought fight, it was something to do with PJ Harvey. And they fight, um, they fight crime or PJ at, at night... 
The night time um, is the right time exactly. to fight crime. But what I would say about my four-year-old is he's far too discerning to watch that kind of stuff, and I think that's probably come from the fact that he's got two older siblings yes. who wouldn't, will not put up with watching CBeebies. What's he watching then? So, well, well, he's Bit of early Fellini. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. He's he, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, he no, he's he he just he he will he only watch, watch things that. on YouTube. Right. Okay. Um, which tends to be people playing computer games, which is very odd if you ask me. But there you go. Okay. Um, and he, Fellini. They they he was asked in the same interview, "Have you got any comment on the reshuffle?" And he said, "PJ Masks will do a greater job than all of them put together." <laughs> well, that's. True. Which I which, mean, which, we are agreed. Which, which on one that. is true? But yeah. two says something about Dominic. You know, the, the respect for which Dominic so Dom, Cummings. Dom's got a young is, child, is hasn't he? Dominic Cummings' kid is what, two or three now. I would have thought he's older than two or three. He's what? He's what? Dominic Cummings' child. Oh, his child is two or three. This is yeah. why he's come across PJ Masks. Right. Okay. He thinks he's been. I guess it's an attempt at humour. I think it's an attempt at humour. Um, Do you know what Ben Wallace? The Defence Secretary said when he was asked about HS2... Was it something about his brothers Danny and Rod? No. He, they, he was on his way into the Cabinet Office. They said, what about HS2 going ahead? He replied, choo-choo, choo-choo-choo. And then he went inside. So he's gone for Thomas. So he's gone the same, or... He's gone for Thomas the Tank Engine. What did, What was the theme tune for Thomas the Tank Engine? Thomas the Tank Engine, rolling along. Do-do-do-do-do. What was the island called? That the Sodor. Sodor, yeah. The island of Sodor. My yeah. daughter was a big, yeah, big my, fan. Mine was, mine big was too. Big fan of Thomas and, the, and the Tank. And the, the, um, which, the, she, which she called Thomas the Tank. Thomas the Tank. It's like, he's not a really a tanky, yeah. is he? And there was... Um, Think the, about it. There was a scene in one Thomas... When my daughter used to watch it on DVD, you know, again oh, yeah. and again and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And there was a bus that got stuck under a bridge. Oh, yeah. That's during a famous a, one. During a race... And Thomas referred to the bus, big red bus, as a scarlet deceiver. <laughs> scarlet deceiver. Um, because he'd done a cheat and gone a gone a shortcut and got stuck under a bridge. That's and, good. Uh, yeah, Ru- Ruby used to get very angry with people and call them scarlet deceivers. That's very good. The scarlet deceivers is a great. Maybe that's is that the enemy of the PJ masks. Maybe the scarlet deceiver. The scarlet deceiver is a great. Oh, oh, I've done it. No. I said I wouldn't, but There's I have. no production values. It's not at all. Not at all. So uh, what next? Do you for remember the? Um, yes. Well, more things about Thomas the Tank yeah, Engine. Yeah. Um, there was the, a thing controller as well. Was there? Hmm? Was there really? Yeah. I didn't know. I think that. he did the um, he did the narrow narrow gauge line. Uh, Ringo Starr did the voiceover, didn't he? Initially, and then they realised they didn't have to pay Ringo millions when they could just get a scouser to do they it. Got, I think they got Michael Angelis. <laughs> yes, that's uh, right. They did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Who was um, who was in Boys from the Black Stuff, yeah. the Liver Birds, and provided the voice of at least one of the Beatles in Yellow Submarine. I think that I think that Ringo only did the first couple of series. Alec Baldwin did it in America, where it's known as Shining Time Station. Is it, really? it is. Why is it known as Shining Time Station? Also I actually that, know. I actually know. I used to know someone who provided one of the Thomas the Tank Engine voices for the for the movies. Really, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Also, Thomas the Tank Engine, or was it Henry? Henry, Henry, Henry in the TV series, the Ringo Starr 
slash Alec Baldwin TV series looked a lot like David Cameron, didn't he? His face oh, looked yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the big I round Gordon. David Cam- Oh, Gordon, it Gordon, was Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, big blue was, engine, wasn't was he? Gordon the one who refused to go out one day and the fat controller just bricked up his... Yes, his, I think that's true. I yeah, mean, yeah. man alive. Yeah. Yeah. What well, a capitalist. Hey, you think Dominic you think Dominic Cummins is a maverick? Yeah. Nothing compared to the he fact that he is a maverick. Um, so Dominic Cummings, I mean I don't think I think it's too early for him to be a victim of the reshuffle, but it's uh, you know, he's becoming the story, isn't he? I so honestly think that Dominic Cummings will revel in leaving number ten when I can't yes, he, he I don't think he will make the full five years, but he will revel in that. And the worry for Boris Johnson is that from the sidelines, Dominic Cummings could be very damaging. Well, frankly. exactly, exactly. Shall we do a quiz? Oh, yes, please, I love a quiz. Because Emily Ashton, fine reporter on BuzzFeed... I know her. Uh, do you, uh, yes. I worked with her associate. Yes, I remember this. Has, has written a, a big, long read about Keir Starmer. Yeah. Fine thing it is. Please go to BuzzFeed and read it. Uh, and I've got some questions. Have you read it? You've not read it, have you? I, I, of course I've read I read everything Emily does. Okay. Uh, so you'll know all the answers to these. I will, yeah. Five out of five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what instrument? A uh, case time I went to Rygate <coughs> Grammar School in Rygate. In Rygate, that's not that's not the uh, that's not a question. It was a grammar school. Uh, what instrument did he learn to play there? And which celebrity DJ did he have lessons with? Right then, um, he had lessons with uh, Norman Cook. Correct. And he, um, I haven't actually read the. I'm not. This is not just going to be boring. Be, yes. You know, I do. I do I'm not going to know all this. Um, and he learned to play the drums. It's the violin, uh, but it was Norman Cook. Keir Starmer's parents were animal lovers. Yes, they used to bring home rescue animal lovers. <laughs> yeah, not like that. They used to bring home rescue great games. How do you know? Well, I, I don't know. Huh? Yeah, well, they might have been. We're putting a call to Keir's people. Yeah, let's get them on the horn. <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> sorry, they sorry. Used to, so they used to bring home Rescue Great Danes, right. and they used to bring home Rescue... What What other animal did they bring home? So not a dog, I presume? Not a dog, no. Not oh, I know. Cool. I know, uh, like pigeons and birds and no, things. It wasn't. Oh. They used to bring home donkeys. Oh, brilliant. And Keir, Keir Starmer's, uh, one of his um, <clears throat> siblings said, every time one of us left home for university, a new donkey would arrive. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, no, brilliant. another one flown the, de- the next one. Do you know what? I hope, I hope Keir Starmer's parents, I don't know if they're still with us or not, I hope they are, of course, but I, I, do, I hope they don't watch daytime TV. Yes. Because if you, or especially Sky News. If you watch Sky News during the day... You're broke by the end of the day because of all the donkey sanctuaries you've done it. Oh, my goodness, they are. The yeah. donkeys are yeah, having yeah, such yeah. a tough time. I'm not sure Keir Starmer's mum is still with us. Okay. Um, she, uh, she, maybe this is passed on to the Keir children yeah. or the Starmer children because, you know, I, do you think if Keir Starmer becomes Prime Minister, the first thing he'll do is, is save the donkeys? Liberate the donkeys. What yeah. if he makes... Um, Instead of Michael Gove, what if he makes a donkey the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster? Just to prove how easy a job it is. Like Caligula. <laughs> um, That'd be good. After university, Keir Starmer lived in Archway yeah. with the future private eye journalist Paul Vickers. What uh-huh. kind of shop did they live above? So, uh, Archway, I know quite well. I could probably list you all the shops. Yeah, go on. I think they lived above a, um, a head shop. A head shop? With the Rizzlers and that. Yeah. No, they lived above a knocking shop. Oh! 
can lift up over a sauna, a massage uh, parlour. Yeah, I think I probably know frankly, exactly where that is. A brothel. Yeah. And uh, the uh, according to this piece by Emily Ashton, the landlord was later jailed for living off the immoral earnings oh, of prostitutes. Wow. Uh, what song, uh, which featured, I'll give you a clue, it featured in, do you remember the old Maxell cassette adverts yeah. with misheard lyrics? His what oh, song yeah. was Keir Starmer's fa- is Keir Starmer's favourite, and Paul Vickers said we'd have to listen to it dozens of times a week. So let me figure out what sort of when, what sort of era this would be. We're talking sort of early to mid eighties. I think it'd be early. I think it'd be mid to late eighties. Yes, just after he left university. What would his favourite song be? And so it, it would be exactly Max- the right time that that, that those Maxell ads were around. I do remember the ads, but I can't remember any of the songs. Um, Oh, uh, um, uh, 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 Visage. Um, it was. It was. Well, in the, ad, in the advert, it was misheard as "Me ears are a light," oh, yes, and of course, it was the Desmond Decker <laughs> with the, Isra- the Israelites. That's right. That the other was one the was first. "Into the Valley" by the Skids, wasn't it? Which yes. was the sort of the follow-up uh, one, which was slightly less good. But "Me ears are a light." Me ears are a light. And yeah. finally, what football team does Keir Starmer support? I would say maybe Leighton Orient. It's the Arsenal. Oh, like, it? like Corbs. It's got something in common oh, with Jeremy yes, Corbyn. Yes, it's got something in common with Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, you also learn in this excellent article by Emily Ashton, which I've, I've, I've not ruined the best bits. These are none, none of these are the best bits. The, All right. best, the best bits are the actual bits of ju- real journalism. Is there anything about his hair? These Keir Starmer's hair. You've in, got Keir Starmer's hair. I've got very, yeah. I, I, you've got Betty Davis eyes and I've got Keir Starmer's <laughs> hair. <laughs> Well, what uh, a team we are! Do you know? In in a meeting yesterday, we were dis- uh, we were discussing My somebody. Eyes. We were discussing somebody called Becky Davis, right? And they, and they went. You know, do I need to bleep out the name? She's got numerous strengths, and I went. Well, her eyes, for one thing, <laughs> total silence. <laughs> and you went. This is. Didn't you then have to explain it? Of course, these I did people, have to explain the, it. The people in this high level. I should. Oh, I've done it again. I should know it. Listen, Steve is top brass. Right, and he's in meetings talking about people's eyes, and they, they must have been thinking, "Oh my god, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, he's lost it finally." Was so, there a member of HR in the meeting? There was, yeah. <laughs> she looked particularly worried. <laughs> did you have to go? You know the song. Yeah, I did have to go. You know, and then they went, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he all right? Brilliant. That's brilliant. Anyway, very good. Um, so cool. that was the quiz, and you did. What did you get? You got, I got one. One, yeah. one yeah. out of five. Yeah. Have you ever met Norman Cook? I've never met Norman Cook. No. Oh, well, I. I've met Zoe Ball. Yeah, me Is too. That any good? Well, I met them both at the same time because very, I was trying to interview him, and very he was tall. Yes, very tall. Isn't yeah. she? I, I was. We were in. The, I was reporting from Glastonbury, and I was in the crowd, and I happened upon Norman Cook, who I think, I think, but it is controversial story that I'd met some years earlier while in Ibiza. Oh yes, that's um, true, yes. But, the, but we won't go into that. And I started interviewing Norman Cook and it became clear that perhaps he wasn't ready to be interviewed and um, Zoe ran a good sort of 50 yards, yes. collared him and dragged him away before he could say anything. Yes. Which was perhaps for the best. Yes. Um, before, we, uh, before we dive into less pleasant things, because I want to talk about Andrew Jenkins in a second. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a little storm over 
Dominic Cummings' boss, isn't there? And Keir Starmer's future adversary, Boris Johnson. I don't know whether you've seen much of it. Bit of a storm. Well, he Storm said, Boris. He went to Mustique at Christmas time, didn't he? Him and Carrie yeah. went to Mustique yeah. uh, uh, over Christmas. and they, oh, It was over New Year, wasn't it, actually? And they stayed uh, in a villa. Who looked after that dog? I don't know. I think maybe. Imagine, what would you, who would you give it to? Of all of the cabinet. You wouldn't um, give it to Cummings, would you? <laughs> I'm afraid we had to eat the dog. Um, who would it be, let's think? Um, you know Cummings, Cummings has got a bit of curse about him, hasn't he? I wouldn't give it... You wouldn't um, give it to Cummings. Um, I'm afraid we, the, the, the dog and I fell out over policy and I <laughs> rationalised the dog. I think he runs head. better this way and he's, he comes back with three legs. Um, I, I would probably say... I think Esther McVeigh would do a pretty good job with the dog. McVeigh. Mm. She'd, be hard, she'd be firm, wouldn't she? Yeah, but firm fair. but fair. Yeah. Firm but fair. And McVeigh. I think she'd pick up after it. Yeah. I like to think of Esther McVeigh doing that, cleaning yep. up after a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they went to Mustique. They put it down as we got the dog. Out. No, they did pull oh. the dog down. They went to Mustique. <laughs> they didn't even trust Esther with it, so they had to kill it. <laughs> they got as you do when you're the prime minister. Yeah. You just get free villa, don't you? Anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they put it down. They said, "Oh, David Ross, the." We went to stay with him, the Carphone warehouse bloke, mm. and it's in the register of members' interests and everything. Yeah. And then David Ross has said, Who? They didn't stay with me. Uh, he said, um, They basically they turned up, or we found out they were coming, they didn't have anywhere to stay. And then I. Who just gets on a plane to Mystique? I phoned somebody up, and, you know, I don't really know what happened. So, they, so we don't know who paid £15,000 for their accommodation. Uh, let's hope it's somebody really, you know, <laughs> really quite... Uh, Putin. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. I, I've got a, a car phone warehouse, right? Yeah. Not been in there for a while. Yeah, yeah. But who has car phones? And who, why is there enough of them to fill a warehouse? To fill a warehouse, I know. Car phones? I mean, they were hit for about three years in the late 80s, weren't they? They were, yeah. No, and yeah. they're still selling them. Can yeah. you still buy a car phone? I think you can buy a well, car well, phone. Well, that's nonsense when you, you're not allowed to use it for a start. Well, I know, yeah. They were huge, weren't they, they car were phones? Massive, they, they, they were so. That's why you needed a warehouse to keep them in. <laughs> They've they only got one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many can you fit in your warehouse? Seven? Uh, that's good. Um, you going to Mystique? The most, I've not been to Mustique, no. Well, just get on a plane. Someone will put you up. If I phone David Ross up, maybe he'd get some of it. I don't know who put him up. But, we see, we've got to be careful because we get lots of freebies. Yeah, we do, yeah. What if was, anybody... What's your free... What was, you got any free... Have been offered any freebies today? I've not been offered any freebies for ages, no. Have you not? No, not for ages. Well, we've like been... I've been offered a freebie while we've been on air. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Yeah, Bo- box at uh, Liverpool, Norwich City. I know the way around. Oh, yeah, that's good. Are I'm not going. Go? No, I don't accept freebies. You don't accept I freebies? I can't be bribed. Good, excellent, incorruptible. Sweet. I will say that the worst thing about Boris Johnson's trip to Mustique is have you seen have you seen the, the the photos from it? There's a photo of Carrie in a she's got a sort of black swimsuit on and she's um, she's she's at the wheel. You know she's posing jauntily at the wheel. Right, she's quite a th- very thin woman, mm. unlike her partner. Mm. I would say who's neither a woman nor thin. <laughs> There's a photo of Boris Johnson yeah. relaxing Ooh. on. You know, on yeah. board. Yeah. There's, there's a bloke behind him. You know, in the, the sort of the, the all the yacht gear. Yeah. Boris Johnson is wearing on his lower half. 
he's wearing those that red and white pair of Hawaiian shorts that you often see him go jogging in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know the ones yeah, I mean, the big yeah, baggy yeah, sort of floral uh, pattern. Yeah, yeah. On the top half, he's wearing a blue work shirt of the sort that he would he would wear <laughs> when he gave a press. All he had to do was put a jacket on and a tie over the top. So he's got a formal. Well, do you know what that formal blue work shirt? I'll tell. I can see what's happened there. It is extraordinary. Tell you what's happened there. That deserves a Lee, parliamentary inquiry. Lee Kane has been on the phone. He said, "Listen, Boris, if you're going away, you've got to keep a shirt and tie on all times. Yes, because if we need to, if there's some national disaster and we need to cut to you to do a piece of camera, we can do it top half up. As long as you've got a shirt on, be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's, it? that's it. Yeah. yeah, good media relations. Yeah, good media relations. Well, he's master Lee Kane, isn't he? <laughs> Going well for him at the moment, your mate. Um, he should start dressing as the chicken again, in my he opinion. He should. <laughs> he might have to soon. Yeah. Just if he, he turns up at Downing Street as the chicken, you know, the press will. Oh, bloody mirror! I've sent the chicken down. That would be good. If maybe if Lee Kane dressed up, started dressing with the blue work shirt, and then the bottom half is the chicken. That's the chicken, like uh, David Brent when he he was yes. uh, David Redundant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic relief day. Yeah. And he had the Bernie Every Clifton. day is like Comic Relief Day number 10. It, it, very much so. Especially with the, the PJ masks and choo-choo-choo-choo. Boris in a bath of beans. <laughs> <laughs> Gary on a treadmill. Imagine imagine Nagover in one of those little Bernie Clifton ostrich suits. Because he's, he's got the face for it, hasn't he? He, he, he does look like a little Pecky ostrich. Becky no way, and Pecky. me a <laughs> Ledson for leader. She may be toast by the time you listen to this. Which is leader. sad, isn't it? Because we've been desperate for Av- Ledson as our leader for so long now. And she is a mother. You we know. have. She is a mother. And, of course, uh, there is a great viral clip of her from Andrew Neil in um, June 2016, a week before the referendum. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Neil says, You're claiming we could leave the EU but still access the single market on the same basis as we do now. <clears throat> to which Andrea Ledson replies... We will have the same access to the single market yeah. if we leave the EU. Well, maybe if she'd have been leader. Uh, we won't. Spoilers, we won't. Um, in the print edition of the New European, mm-hmm. I have written about uh, another Andrea, Andrea Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Do you remember a, um, a... Making love on the floor in Belsays Park? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember um, a... Uh, do you remember Jerry Scott... Uh, who? You know, she was a lovely woman. Jerry. She used to do the podcast with us. Oh, a woman! Back when it was good. Jerry Scott. Yeah, of course I remember Jerry yeah, Scott. Of course, Very Jerry Scott. Yeah, Jerry yeah, Scott yeah. is now working on the Yorkshire Post. Well, what what has happened is she's taken all her podcast knowledge. Yes. Um, that she gained under my tutelage. Your tutelage, yes. And has taken it to the Yorkshire Post, uh, where she's doing a podcast called Pod's Own Country, which is like it. And a if only we could come up with a podcast name. And a couple of weeks ago, that's right, a couple of weeks ago she had Andrea Jenkins yes, on. And this is what Andrea Jenkins said. She was talking about all the abuse that she'd ta- taken over the last few years. Yeah. For which I am, I must say I'm very sorry to hear this. Uh, at the height of it I got death threats. I got people writing on my office wall telling me to kill myself. I had someone in July who phoned the office threatening to rip the bitch's face off. Um, Jerry also did a, a piece with a... Um, uh, late last year where she was talking about um, one of her team who 
went out canvassing at the general election and was confronted with a man uh, by a man with holding a sledgehammer. Mm. Uh, and Andrew Jenkins said she found out about this. She was in tears. This makes it what happened last week completely extraordinary yep. because a guy called uh, Joshua Spencer, conservative yep. campaigner, pro-Brexit yep. campaigner, jailed for nine weeks uh, last week at Leeds Crown Court, I believe. He sent messages to a uh, friend. Uh, he called Yvette Cooper MP a whore. He said, she will pay. I'm organising to hurt her. It's amazing what crackheads will do for £100. I'm going to get her beaten up. Uh, the friend was so uh, concerned about this that he contacted, uh, She, I think she contacted her local MP, Hilary Benn, mm. who passed the matter on to the police, and, and this guy has now been jailed. Now, Yvette Cooper uh, gave a victim statement um, during the sentencing uh, at the, at the uh, Crown Court. Jade Botterill, who is Yvette Cooper's um, office manager, she also gave a victim statement. She said that this was sort of the, the, the been the last straw for her. Uh, she'd had to leave um, as Yvette Cooper's office <coughs> manager. She'd been working there for seven years. Uh, she said it had given her anxiety and uh, it left it uh, constantly on edge. Andrea Jenkins, who, don't for, let's not forget, beat Yvette Cooper's husband, Ed Balls, to win Morley and Outwood mm. um, in 2015. She also gave a statement to the court. Hers said, uh, Joshua Spencer is a decent and honest person whose heart is in the right place and always helps people in need. He suffered an incredibly difficult life so far and he's been let down by the system. And I spoke uh, very briefly um, to Jade Botterill. Mm. Um, this week she said she's absolutely baffled by all of this I don't understand why she would do that uh, she must know what it's like to receive abuse and threats most MPs do it's particularly worse for MPs in West Yorkshire and of course Morley um, which uh, is represented by Andrea Jenkins is is the next train stop it off bo from, it, bo from it borders yeah. it's the next train stop off on from Batley which yep. was Batley and Spen was Joe Cox's constituency wasn't it um, she has uh, Jenkins has issued a couple of statements she said that she doesn't condone what Joshua Spencer does she's not actually condemned what he's done uh, she said that he's, he's got bipolar he's had mental health issues he wants it all taken uh, she wants all that taken into consideration um, I am wondering what Andrea Jenkins would have done for somebody with bipolar and other mental health issues, mm. a non-constituent who didn't happen to share her own political mm. persuasion. Um, the fact that this guy went to Andrea Jenkins' um, uh, Brexit, big Brexit bash, which she held on January the 31st, is, is completely extraordinary. I did ask Andrea Jenkins' office under what circumstances Joshua Spencer had been invited to this party, mm. and whether he'd spoken to Andrea Jenkins on the night, whether she'd um, invited him personally. I, I, I received no response from, from Andrea Jenkins's office, which is ex extremely disappointing. Um, uh, Andrea Jenkins also tabled an early day motion uh, a couple of years ago calling for much harsher sentences for violent offenders. I wonder how that stacks up with her. Um, trying to get somebody off who um, supports Brexit and supports the Conservative Party. 
Uh, Yvette Cooper, meanwhile, on Monday in the Commons said, uh, it's disappointing that the Neighbour MP chose to give a very positive character reference for this individual without contacting me first. I've raised this with her directly. Um, Jade Bottrell uh, said she, she didn't know whether she, uh, Andrea Jenkins had spoken personally to Yvette Cooper. Clearly she, she has now because Yvette Cooper has collared her about it. Mm. Uh, she said Andrea hasn't reached out to me and it's upsetting that she hasn't condemned his actions. We need everybody in politics to demonstrate this kind of behaviour is unacceptable, not be giving them character references. So, there you go. You can read more of that in the New European. Um, um, I just think it's a, an extraordinary uh, error of judgment. Absolutely, by well, it feels like more than an error of judgment. It's, I mean, it's not like she there was there was one particular error and then she's rode back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. It has continued. It's very, very um, saddening. Yeah, it is really saddening. It's uh, in the podcast that we spoke about, the podcast with with Jerry, which is really excellent. It's called Pod's Own Country. She speaks to Hilary Bed in it as well. Andrea Jenkins. She talks to Andrea Jenkins about the whole Brexit process, and Andrea Jenkins says, "It's really sad that even some of my colleagues from my own party now won't sit next to me in the tea room <coughs> because of this, because of the way that they perceive that she." Failed to support Theresa May, and I would say that, you know, if you want people to sit next to you, you probably shouldn't be doing things like you've just done. Well, I think we can certainly agree with that, and uh, I, I, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to be sat on her own for a long time. Yeah. Um, what, should we do a quick just before we go to the Brexit tears of the week? Yeah, cool. Because we are first with the news. Go on. Reshuffle latest. Julian Smith sacked. Oh no. Um, that's it. Julian Smith sacked. That seems to be it. McVeigh spotted near PM's office. McVeigh spotted near PM's office, holding the dog, <laughs> picking up after the dog. Keep me, <laughs> keep me in a job, or Dylan gets it. <laughs> Love the dog. <clears throat> Breaks two of the week next. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back, Steve. It's time to crown a Brexiteer of the week. It really is. Now, I read the foreword to a, a, a book this week, and I'm going to read you what it says. You go on. And then I want you to guess oh. who wrote the foreword. Right, brilliant. It's, brilliant. This is quiz number two. Who right. wrote the foreword and yeah. who wrote the book? Right. To read the perspective of a senior figure in British politics at such a volatile time Mm. has given me the chance to test my own perspective versus that of another person who's thought extensively. Right, so... Bit of a weird sentence, isn't it? It is an odd, it certainly needs some editing, but... uh, To read the perspective of a senior figure in British politics... So let's look at the clues. We've got a senior figure. Yeah. It's a volatile time. Yeah. So they're com- so they're so someone who's been involved in this volatile time is a, is a senior, senior figure, senior politician. I'm a presuming senior, a senior figure in British politics. So I would say probably and he's thought extensively. Prob- so I, I for what you know, lover or lover, I think that Theresa May did a lot of thinking. So I'm going to say Theresa May is the person whose book. Right. Okay. And so I it's reckon, a book about Theresa May. And yeah. I reckon someone who may have written a forward on a book about Theresa May would perhaps be. Um, but I'm going to say someone probably from the other the other side of the debate. Yeah. But who you know, old fashioned politician probably could could chat to ch- chat to anyone and mm. you know, respectful of other people's views, a moderate. Yes. I'm going to say someone, perhaps Gordon Brown. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, 
other people have said, well, is it, when I've asked this question, other people have said, well, is it somebody, is it sort of a Brexiteer talking about John Burko's autobiography? Yeah. Although, uh, Gordon Brown would never have written that sentence, so yeah. I'm a bit worried about that. Or is it one of David Cameron's old, because David Cameron's book is about to come That's out in right. paperback, so, so is, it, is it one of his old cabinet yeah, so ministers talking about David Cameron? The yeah. answer is that right. it, it's, it's Lembit Opic talking about Henry Bolton. What? Lembit Opic. Lembit Opic is talking about Henry Who? Bolton. Right, there's a lot of questions here. Firstly, why is there a book? Is this book by Henry Henry Bolton, Bolton has written a book called What a State... What's it about? Well, it's all about how Brexit has been frustrated oh, by the right, uh, right, by right, Parliament, right, so it's well timed. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lembit Opic as as um, it's amazing, isn't it? A senior why figure the, in why British on politics. Lembit Opic, goodness me, what a guy! What is he doing now? I don't writing know. forwards. For I don't know. Bolton. Henry Bolton. <laughs> Lembit Opic is not the first person he has to write this, is it? Not really, no. <laughs> Who else is there? What about Opic? They've both been out with cheeky girls, haven't they? <laughs> um, she is cheeky, isn't she? Old Joe Marnie. In a, she is. Well, in a way. Yeah. Bless her. Touch uh, my bum. Touch my bum. Touch my moonlit bum. Don't touch Meghan Markle on her bum. Don't touch anyone on their bum without written consent. No. Uh, I have got some forms, if you'd like to fill one out. Peter Dore is next. Peter you know Dore? Peter Dore is? Show me the door. He invented, he didn't invent, he was yeah. the man behind yeah. Britain's first ISP, internet service provider, which was called Pipex. Pipex? Pipex. I remember dial-up with Pipex. Do you remember <laughs> We got an internet connection. We had Pipex when we invented internet football journalism at Football Pipex. 365. Right. Uh, so what kind of year are we talking about? Well, that was in 1997. Right, so I that was when I got my first internet connection. So First um, thing I googled, or yeah. whatever, it wasn't Google. So, we had, we had, so he made his money out of that. Right, good for him. Pipex. Yeah. Uh, he has become an entrepreneur and an inventor since. Mm -hmm, he also mm -hmm. stood for the Brexit Party uh, at the general election. Right. He came fifth right. uh, in Cambridge, right, yeah, despite yeah, yeah. billing himself as a superhero. Uh, and he his PJ new masks. his new invention is uh, it's a sleep pod for the homeless. Oh, do you know what it's made from? Uh, well, I've seen these Japanese sleep pods. I've not stayed in one. Yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah, because uh, in Japan there's a big drinking culture in Japan. Yeah, the salary men and they go out and get absolutely wasted and then they take a sleep do. pod and and stay there and then go to work the next day. It's not quite like that. Right. Because those sleep pods are in hotels, aren't they? Yeah, they're and they're, they're, they look like, i tell you what they look like. They look like the sleep capsules in... Yeah. Did we talk about this last week on the pod? <laughs> Bizarrely, the sleep pods in 2001 have oh, come yes. up twice in two pods. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They, so are they like that, I'm presuming? No, they're made from two wheelie bins, which he's um, put together on a single hinge. Right. Um, and uh, basically so you crawl into one wheelie bin, and then the hinge of the other one, you put that over you. And he said, you know, during the day when you're out being homeless, begging and that, you can store your clothes in them and stuff like that. Um, they okay, cost, I've got a few. I've got a few questions. They cost a hundred pounds. A few questions, which obviously homeless people they've got yeah. usually have readily. I've got, there's a few questions about this. Firstly, did he? Is he? Is there a prototype? There is. And there so is, where's he got these bins from? There is. Well, I think he's bought them himself. We can, um, you can buy wheelie bins. You can buy wheelie bins. Where from? Well, he's an inventor. He's got them all in his in his invention shed. Yeah, yeah but wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. 
You can buy wheelie bins. Yeah, if you want to buy a wheelie bin. Well, they're, it's always full. So why don't people just buy like three or four? Well, yeah. I, How many times have you stood in a wheelie bin and jumped up and down? Because the council don't want to do. They don't want to. Well, exactly. Know, so one, I'm, one I would dispute you can win a, buy a wheelie bin. So Where anyway, do you get them well, from? Peter Dora has got them. Um, I, think he's ste- in- I think he's stealing wheelie bins. Do you know what his other invention is? It's a solar pod. That he's is, obsessed with pods. That is an electric car that goes at 20 miles an hour. Is it made of wheelie bins? Do you know what it is made out of? <laughs> oh my God, are you joking? It's made out of a wheelie bin. <laughs> he said it's the perfect solution. No, but, it's not. But it's not I, a solution to anything. But can I get a single establishment politician to recognise its advantages? Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. A wheelie bin with a it's a wheelie bin it's with a, a little wheel, motor on it. It's a wheelie bin, yeah. It, it basically and then with and eye, it, with eyes cut as he put, holes cut out of your eyes. And then you, when you when you've got to where you're going, you can just go to sleep. Yeah. So wait a minute, is it do you have to lean back a little bit so you're on two wheels? Exactly, yeah, you can do it. Like Healy's. That's I think it's that's a Healy that, bin. It's a Healy bin. That's how you break on the motorway. <laughs> Oh my uh, God. He said it's it's it, you could use it on on you could use it on on roads and on larger pavements. He said, <laughs> "No, you can't. No, you can't. It's a, it's essentially a weird." You're an bit. idiot. Uh, Gerard Batten. Gerard Batten. Very. He's tweeted. Very sad news. UKIP is now on the brink of insolvency. <coughs> this right. has happened because of the NEC driving away members and revenue in a wheelie bit. If UKIP dies, it will be because of the NEC. I think if the NEC in Birmingham. Yeah, the NEC to, in Birmingham. It's got to do with that. I think if if UKIP <clears throat> dies, surely it will be about uh, the leader who. Um, well, they had twenty four MEPs, didn't they? Mm. And then they retained none in twenty fourteen. Mm. Uh, sorry, in, in twenty nineteen, they had one hundred and twenty six council seats in in twenty eighteen and lost. Um, sorry, they had one hundred and forty five and lost one hundred and twenty six of them. And um, they lost all but three of uh, the council seats that they had in 2017. So mm. I think if, if um, you know, if um, that is the... We, we're looking to play the blame game for the demise of uh, UKIP. It falls uh, firmly at the door of Gerard Batten and his strange hair. You know, if you would... If, if people thought it would be a good idea to replace you with a man named Dick Brain. Would you would you start to worry about your own shortcomings? Obviously what killed UKIP was Nigel Farage leaving, and it was because UKIP was full of people like Gerard Batten who thought cuddling up to Tommy Robinson was a great idea. Absolutely. Uh, but the Brexiteer of the Week, yep. a little-known guy called Nigel Farage... Never heard of him. He has been... To Liberty University. Ah, Liberty University. That sounds brilliant. In so America. Liberty, so they're all free, they can do what they want, they're having a great exactly. time. They're, they're, I imagine that the pupils are, are lying under trees on beautiful lawns, reading, um, I don't know, Progressive literature, and snogging and smoking uh, cigarettes and drinking wine. It has been, it's an evan- evangelical university, very yeah. Christian. It's been set up by Jerry Falwell, who was along with Jimmy Swaggart and people like that, was one of those. He I think he's probably you know, who was the other one? Jim and Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Mm-hmm. So he's J- Jerry Falwell is, was probably the only one of those three who wasn't involved in some kind of sexual <coughs> and financial scandal, wasn't he? Okay. Um but uh 
Liberty University has got an honour code. It, it bans sexual relations outside of a biblically ordained marriage oh, between a natural-born man and a natural-born woman. Can I can I rewind? This sounds like the worst university on earth. Yeah, Why yeah. on earth would you go to a university that bans sex? Well, exactly. Um, can you? Is there a Nigel bar? Farage went. <laughs> there's no bar. Well, wait a minute. Nigel Farage went somewhere where there isn't a bar. That's there right, must be yeah. a bar. Uh, and he went and accepted an honorary doctorate. And right. then he gave an interview, uh, which you can see on the New European website, right, which okay. Jono put up yesterday, yeah. Jono Reid. Yeah. Whispering uh, Jono Reid. Whispering Jono Reid, who runs our fantastic website. He did an interview with the, U- the university's Office of Spiritual Development, and uh-huh. they started talking about his plane crash. Remember his plane crash? Yes, oh my God, do I remember that, what, yeah. His, uh, his, he went up in a light aircraft, didn't he? He was trailing a, a banner. Yeah. It got caught up in the back propeller and yeah. then came down. And it, yeah. you know, frankly, lucky to. Oh, escape. absolutely! No, and no one died. Um, there was some. There was some injuries, but they were. I think the, the skill of the pilot probably saved a lot of lives. My favourite thing. One of one of our PA reporters. I was on the PA desk at the time. Was there, oh, yes. was there pretty quick, and. Um, Farage is like desperately trying to ru- light a fag. <laughs> That's right. He was try- he was covered in aircraft fuel and trying to light a cigarette. Yes. Uh, he said, "How on earth I survived? I will never know." The interviewer then go and watch this video. He said, "How, how on earth I survived? I will never know." The interviewer says, "Well, it's it's God's providence and yeah. God's protection." Yeah. Yeah. And Nigel Farage yeah. said, "I'm alive, and I did think that after I survived that, that perhaps, just perhaps, I was put here for a purpose." So wait a minute, is God a Brexiteer? God, the biggest, <laughs> so really, the biggest Bre- Brexiteer, Brexiteer of the week should be God. Is God, because <laughs> he put Nigel Farage here and saved his life for the purpose of delivering Brexit. So <laughs> Nigel Farage is the runner-up, and the Brexiteer of the week is God. <laughs> does that make Nigel Farage a prophet? It does a prophet in his own land. Um, what do we need to say before we um, wrap this we, up? We need to make an apology, don't we? Do, oh, do we? We do because um, because what uh, have I done so, now? well, we sa- we said we last didn't week, have a go at that science fiction writer again. Did we, we didn't. Say, it wasn't <laughs> Ursula Le Guin this time. Irene. Now I don't know how you pronounce Irene's surname, Can so we have to apologise. Well, it, it, it's spelled polite, right? But I don't know Polit. whether it's done it. Okay. Politz or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Dear Mr. Porritt. Oh God, what have I done this? We were talking last week, it's weren't me. we, about JFK? Yeah. He went to Berlin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he ich, said, "Ich bin ein Berliner." Berliner. Yeah. And we said, it, "It's the name of a." I, I thought we said it was the name of a. So, I think sausage, but or I a, think or you, a hamburger. I think you jumped in with the old sausage. But I think I said it was a hamburger. Anyway, all right. Well, were you right then? Irene says. A Berliner is a donut, ah. and not... Dear Mr. Porritt, ah. she's blaming you for this, yeah, Irene. Yeah, all right. I, I've got broad shoulders. Uh, a Berliner is a donut, and not a sausage. Not all things German are sausages. Well, I'm, I'm happy to correct. I mean, she's right about she that. She is, she is. She's well, right about both those things, I'm some sure. Some of the best things German are sausages. Well, I do like sausages. But I also like many other things that are German. Oh, um, give us one thing. Well... 
the band can, obviously. Oh, well, I'm going to go Kraftwerk, so there we go. Well, there you go. There we go. I, Neither I, of I, those are donuts or sausages. Yeah, I mean, it's great, and so is Berlin. I was thinking the other day, I'd lo- I would lo- I've not been to Germany for a couple of years, no. so I'd very much like to go back. Last time, I, I, mind you, I was young enough last time I went to Berlin to go to a warehouse party. I've never been to Berlin, ever. Oh, it's cool. It's very cool. Yes, yeah. so Berlin. All right, fantastic. Thank you very much. Oh, no, there's other things. What should the listener do? Well, they should follow, uh, check out the Archant Podcast Network. Do that. Uh, and our other actually you may hear because you know that Jerry's still on this podcast oh she is yeah 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 yeah. you might hear yeah you might hear Jerry Scott on some back back, uh, issues you can check out we've got new podcasts coming out all the time London Parent we've got Weird Norfolk we've got loads of stuff coming out Unfinished which is a true crime thing um, so check those out. Please leave us lots of lovely reviews with big uh, star ratings on your podcatcher of choice. That's yeah. massively important. It to really, us. D- I mean, it really makes a difference. That uh, we're up for an award in a couple of weeks. Oh my god! It's very exciting, isn't it? We are one of the top six podcasts in, in the, the world. world. <laughs> uh, so please, uh, please uh, do leave us a lovely review. Uh, not, don't leave us a review like the one that we had a few weeks ago, which said a couple of smug middle-class tossers who have learned nothing. Well, but you know, I mean, but if the cat fits, I mean, smug, smug. I'm not. I'm not think we're smug actually. No, middle class. Well, I think, you know, as much as we both perhaps weren't, we yes. probably are now. No, I've always been uh, middle class. Yeah, my you, parents were middle class, well, they, so were, they were working class. But okay. my, I am resolutely middle class. Yeah, alright, well, I mean, me too, you know. I, I was telling a story the other day, and it started with, I popped into um, Waitrose to buy my favourite flavour of San Pellegrino, and yes. realised that I was no longer working class. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and certainly, uh, Tossers is true as well. Yes, indeed. Um, um, you can join the New European Facebook Readers Group. Please do. You Talk can. with other uh, New Europeans. Yeah, there's a, there is a massive and growing community of pro-Europeans out there. It's, as I keep saying, there's never been such a big, big pro-European movement in this country. No, we started it. It's well, great. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, we, we the, the collective we, not you and me. I didn't think you meant me and you. No. But I mean, what we have, we are your media. Yes. We are your people. Exactly. No, you are our people. Yeah. No, we are your people. We're all people. We are all people. We the people. We the people. Yeah, the people have spoken. Oh my God, it's time to wrap this podcast up. Follow us on Twitter. At The New European. Follow, Follow me on yeah, Twitter. At that. Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. And I am at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore... For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. That was the New European podcast. McVeigh and Ledsom, I'm told, have gone. gone. (laughs) Breaking news. (laughs) McVeigh and Ledsom have gone. Goodness knows what happens to Dylan next New Year. (laughs) He needs a new dog sitter. Thank you very much for listening. It means the world to us. If you haven't already, go out and buy the printed product. It is £3 and it is smashing lots of politics, lots of Brexit. You'd expect that. But what you might not expect is all the brilliant arts and culture that is in there every single week. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, blow on your bagpipes. Do you blow bagpipes? I think you probably do. Or do you suck them? I'm not sure. Here you go.